Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, October 5th. In today's news, President Trump's hotels in Manhattan, Chicago, and Scotland are hemorrhaging money. The Air Force secretary might get fired because she opposes Trump's plan for a space force. And Brazil might elect a president very similar to ours in an election on Sunday. But first, the big idea. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh is moving closer to confirmation as the Senate prepares for a key procedural vote midday Friday. Senator Susan Collins of Maine and Jeff Flake of Arizona, two decisive Republican votes, indicated strongly yesterday that the additional FBI probe that's been conducted over the past week was adequate and has satisfied their concerns. A third Republican, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, is facing pressure from Native Americans in her state and has not said how she'll vote. Democrats are nearly unanimous in their opposition. One moderate Democrat facing a tough re-election and a state President Trump carried by more than 30 points, North Dakota's Heidi Heitkamp, announced that she will oppose Kavanaugh. The sexual assault allegations against the judge, which he has vehemently denied, were the focal point of her lengthy statement on why she'll vote no. As of Friday morning, that leaves only one potential Democratic vote for Kavanaugh, Joe Manchin of West Virginia. He's not yet announced his position. In remarkable public comments, retired Justice John Paul Stevens announced that he no longer believes Kavanaugh should be confirmed, citing concerns about his testimony last week. The 98-year-old, during a Q&A in Boca Raton, Florida, noted that he praised a Kavanaugh ruling on campaign finance in a 2014 book he wrote. But he changed his mind after watching his angry performance during last week's hearing. Kavanaugh addressed concerns about his temper and partisanship from that hearing in an extraordinary op-ed that's running in today's Wall Street Journal. He acknowledged that he was, quote, very emotional during his testimony. He added, quote, I said a few things I should not have said. Right now, Capitol Hill is a swarm of activity and vitriol. About 300 demonstrators, including comedian Amy Schumer, were arrested Thursday afternoon for staging a thunderous protest against Kavanaugh at the Hart Senate office building. Senator Orrin Hatch, a Republican from Utah, told a group of mostly women protesters who confronted him in the building that he would talk to them when they, quote, grow up. That only made them matter. Barricades have now literally been set up outside the Capitol because of concerns about mass protests when Kavanaugh is expected to be confirmed on Saturday afternoon. Certain areas of the Capitol complex are being closed off to the public. It's a scary moment for senators in both parties. Authorities announced overnight that they've arrested a 53-year-old Florida man for threatening on Facebook to shoot senators who don't support Kavanaugh. Besides threatening Democrats and, quote, weak Republicans who might vote no, The man encouraged conservatives to break into the home of liberals and kill them in their sleep. He admitted making the posts, but says he didn't plan to follow through. Police, though, say they found guns at his home. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, internal documents obtained by The Washington Post show that business at Trump's hotels in Manhattan and Chicago plummeted since his political star rose in 2016 prompting concerns about the future of the properties. The decreases have stirred tensions in the buildings and left many investors worried that the Trump brand may be curdling in the liberal cities where Trump built much of his empire. 
In New York, for example, revenue from room rentals between 2015 and 2017 declined 14 percent. The ownership board at Trump's hotel in New York even considered the idea of removing the Trump name from the hotel that the president still calls his flagship. Trump nominated a board member who defended keeping his name on the building to a presidential council on fitness. Meanwhile, an unusual arrangement has allowed Trump to offload financial risk onto small-time investors who buy individual hotel rooms. These investors are now upset that they're suffering from the political rise of a figure who's loathed in blue states. The effect of Trump's presidency is also reaching his properties overseas. His Turnberry golf course in Scotland lost $4.5 million last year, according to newly filed Trump Organization documents. Number two, two stories reveal drama inside the Pentagon. Trump is seriously considering ousting Air Force Secretary Heather Wilson, the former New Mexico congresswoman, after the midterm elections because She's allegedly slow-walking his directive to create a Space Force branch within the U.S. military. No final decision has been made, but sources tell Foreign Policy magazine that the administration is looking at candidates to replace her. An early frontrunner is Republican Congressman Mike Rogers from Alabama. For years, Rogers has been a strong advocate for establishing a Space Force. And the Post also scoops this morning that the founder of the private military company Blackwater— Eric Prince, traveled to Kabul in recent weeks in order to push his plan to take over U.S. military operations in the Afghan war, even after his effort to replace troops with contractors and mercenaries led by him was forcefully rejected by the Pentagon more than a year ago. Prince's trip has given fresh credence to speculation in both Kabul and D.C. that he may have secured the ear and potentially even the private backing of Trump. A well-informed Afghan source tells the Post that Prince is winning the people there over with the assumption that he's close to Trump. His sister is Education Secretary Betsy DeVos. Trump is frustrated with the cost and slow progress of his strategy in Afghanistan. Administration officials say there's no indication that he's going to jump ship and go with the Prince plan. But several noted that they wouldn't be surprised to wake up one morning to a presidential tweet saying the opposite. Number three. In Brazil, a far-right presidential candidate who says he loves Trump has emerged as the front-runner going into Sunday's election. The 63-year-old Jair Bolsonaro has vowed to drain the swamp in the capital and make Brazil great again. He's advanced with a Brazil-first campaign that attacks the traditional press while grabbing headlines with tough talk and his own set of alternative facts. His popularity, some say, reflects the globalization of the anti-globalists and the rise of Western candidates who seek to exploit racial and social fault lines. In Brazil, all classes are hurting in a languishing economy, but the mostly white upper middle class feels threatened by the rise of a largely black lower middle class whose income shot up faster than that of the wealthiest segment of society. Bolsonaro's rallies have become outlets for aggrieved white men rattled, by social and economic change. Sounds familiar. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, October 5th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Homan. I'll talk to you next week.